Did we just murder her? As a family? Welcome, everybody, to the Real Thrills Podcast. I am Jay, here with Eric. How are you? Hello, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving. Indeed. Are we, dro- we going to drop this on Thanksgiving? Um. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I, I'll no try. rush. No rush to you. Thanksgiving Eve at the latest. Ooh. All right, all you listeners out there, these this podcast is for you. We're going to do a inspired movie here through the holiday, like we did for Halloween. We're going to do a movie called Pilgrim. It is a Hulu original, so for all you people that stream Hulu, you can go find it. You can't find it anywhere else, so if you don't have Hulu, you know, go click the button and go get it. I think you get a free 30 days, so. Yeah, you know, you might as well. Uh, Hulu's got a bunch of cool stuff. Hulu, uh, we're always here for a sponsor, you know, whatever. (laughs) But anyway, uh, it is a anthology series series that kind of follows a lot of different holidays. I haven't seen any of them. Maybe back in 2019 when this movie came out, I was just surfing, looking for ch- you know something to watch, and boom, this popped up for a Thanksgiving horror movie, and I was like, you know what? I'm all in. Let's check it out. I don't. I haven't seen any. Have you? Or do you, you you mentioned some other movies yeah, that I don't think I've ever so seen. So I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with the Thanksgiving series. Uh, and there're definitely some some good things to talk about in there like really low budget kind of you know comedy horror flex, yeah like um, B movie types yeah and this i wouldn't consider that i know cuz this is from blumhouse media yeah so and to me when i saw that picture show up i was like okay i'm in for a treat they they yeah. they do very well with this new genre of horror and at the end of the day like the fact that they've pumped out what like over 20 episodes of into the these, dark, like into the dark, you know. Movies. Yeah, there's a like, Christmas one. Awesome. There's so many. So uh, I guess I'll implore myself and to you. Maybe there's another one that we might be able to watch. Uh, but I think we have our plan set on a different Christmas movie. We've got some Christmas movies in the works. We're not gonna Gremlins. Gremlins. It's Gremlins, isn't it? It might be Gremlins. <laughs> It's it's probably not, but anyway, I I do want to also give another shout out to a couple people at work. You know, I uh, a couple podcasts ago, I gave a shout out to a couple people from my work who listen to this show, and now it has grown. My, our audience is growing. So, hello Q, how are you? Welcome to the show. Welcome welcome to listening. And uh, I think there's a couple other. I think Jessica is another person at my office uh, listening. So Hi, Jessica. <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. Hi, girls. Whatever. Uh, anywho, let's get back. So this is season two, episode two. Here yeah. we are. And uh, I want to also make a quick shout out as well. Um, I'm sure those of you who have, who have followed us for a little bit, we got a brand new logo. Um, oh, yes. Custom logo, uh, hand drawn by the super talented uh, Jared Kellogg. Um, great, awesome. great dude. Great art. Um, check him out. He's uh, tagged on our photos. So um, go on and please like 
it's great and refreshing to have someone who's a huge fan of horror and also someone who uh, kind of like was really eager to come in and do this design awesome. for us. So. No, it's awesome. Yep. It, gr- it gives us uh, some originality, some yep. artistic stamp on our, uh, what do you call it? The our avatar. Brand. The avatar of yeah. our uh, of our brands. Yeah. So thank you, Jared. Yep. Right. Uh, we appreciate that. So, Let's get into this. So we got a 2019 Hulu original, The Pilgrim, or Pilgrim, right? Yeah, Pilgrim. Uh, into the Dark, Which like apparently, we mentioned. I don't know how to spell Pilgrim. I'm just going to call it out there as I wrote on my notebook, Pilgram. Yeah, like Instagram. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I need to look up some notes about Pilgrim. And then I went to search it, and it was like, did you mean Pilgrim? <laughs> and I was like, of course. Maybe. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Maybe. So speaking of Thanksgiving, uh, what is your favorite dish? What, what do you look forward to on Thanksgiving specifically? Something that you don't have a lot of, or is it just... I, I think probably stuffing, if there's the one thing that I, think... I don't eat a lot of. Um, but I will say that I just like the idea of Thanksgiving because it's like a big um, pile of like non-chewable foods. You can just jam down your gullet all day. So <laughs> Yeah, so I've only started eating turkey in the last year or so of my life, so... Uh, I've had good turkey, which it was super uh, moist and delicious, and I've also had pretty dry, and that tastes like I'm eating a leather shoe. So, I've had—I'm sure you've can attest that there's been great turkey, and there's also been who cooked this. Yeah, folks, for those of you making a turkey this year, please, you know, go go get some tips. <laughs> the fact is throwing one of those plastic thermometers in the thigh and waiting for it to pop is not the right way. No. Um, make sure you get a nice coating on there. It doesn't hurt to put a little bit of butter underneath the skin, create a little Ooh. bit of moisture that way, um, and make sure you uh, get some good herbs in there too. So. All right, so that's Cooking Tips by uh, Eric, yours truly, at uh, the Real Thrill Podcast. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into kind of, we already talked about the movie. Who's the director? Um, director is Marcus Dunstan. But I can't recall who was the writer. Who who does the writing? Noah Feinberg. For Noah Feinberg. Okay. Which is, it sounds like I should know that name, but I didn't do any research on him. Sh- shame on me. It sounds like I should know that name, though, right? Noah Feinberg. It it sounds yeah. It sounds legit. It sounds it sounds like a a buddy of uh, Jason Blumhouse. If you were at work and you went to your coworker, like uh, Jason Feinberg's coming in today. Noah Feinberg. No, oh, well, Jason, too. <laughs> who the, who the hell is Jason Feinberg? I don't know. He sounds important, too, though. <laughs> it's his, it's his uh, cousin, I guess. I don't Noah know. Feinberg's coming to the office today. People would be like, what? Yes. I better get my I could be completely wrong, but uh, I don't know. Maybe if, if you are listening, go ahead. Uh, search the Google machine and tell me who he yeah, is. Yeah, tell us, because we're, we're on. He sounds famous. He sounds familiar. But... Yep. Uh, yeah, so uh, 2019, it's 80 minutes long. So for all you listeners, very easy watch. Uh, it's great story development up to the 40-minute mark. And then from there, you are just on a roller coaster ride. Takes so. off, yeah. But uh, anyway, do you want to go into opening scene? We had yeah. some we had some in our in our in our show notes, a little little discussion about it. So it opens up. So what I do like, let's start off right with the credits. Which to me was kind of creepy. Was it? Wait, was it right into the credits, or was it the girl sitting at the table? I think you get the blurry, the blurry table scene, where you hear the fighting in the background. It's it's all kind of underwater sounding. Yeah. Well, then the credits. Uh, so you have that, 
You have this girl at the table, parents are yelling. Um, but then you have these credits where there's this traditional old version of like a pilgrim song, and then you got this like cartoon playing and it's and it's skipping. It's kinda uh American Horror Story ish, like beginning. Yeah, American Horror like, Story almost meets like the ring. You know the video from the yeah, ring. It's pretty where it's choppy. Like, it's like totally edited, weird, and but it, it's delivering this like, oh, this is creepy. It's like newspaper clippings of missing families, uh, the Harvest Festival, and the and then there was an like a ad in a paper about pilgrims coming to your house to uh, help you celebrate Thanksgiving, and boom, it's kind of laying the groundwork subliminally. Wow, that was a terrible pronunciation of subliminally there, there you go uh it, it it's uh it's giving you that synopsis very clearly well not clearly but it will develop itself through the movie yeah you can see that there's there's a little bit of like a i guess an anti-thanksgiving theme almost yeah in it's, it. it gets creepy like you're like oh i'm in for it i mean it's getting somewhere and then that ends and then you go back to the table again now the little girl's grown up, and it, you're introduced to Cody, Tate, Anna, and Shane, which is the family, and they're starting to talk about, first of all, how much they hate each other, and then se- and then secondly, um, pilgrims are coming for Thanksgiving, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Anna, played by uh, Courtney Hengler. Sure, yeah. I Angler, better you than me trying to pronounce that. Uh what plays uh Ralph Macchio's wife in Cobra Kai, yes. the series. I think a new season's coming out, so just calling it out. Ooh, it's a great nice. show. It is a great show. Um and she's definitely like a little bit of like a you know, she's like probably the Karen of the town where she's like she really is involved in everything that's happening and a bit of a socialite. Oh yeah. And so this is her way of like It's like a Stepford wife. Yeah, throwing around her money to hire these pilgrims. Cause they don't feel grateful enough or something. I'm, yeah. She thinks that they're not connecting enough. They're yeah. not grateful. They're not getting along as a family. The husband's constantly checking out the stock market. She's constantly on her phone. Little Tate, maybe he's on a Game Boy. I don't know. Do they even have no. Game Boys? No. No, man. He's the only one who's really connected. Tate's cool. Tate yeah. Tate Tate is kind of the uh under you know, undervalued character in this who 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 brings it yeah well what's funny is you can tell that in the movie that tate is crying so hard for a father figure when he really kind of like gets linked to ethan you know ethan is one of the pilgrims and tate like follows him around like a you know like a puppy and like wants to learn everything he can from him so it's like it's kind of a, a good sense that like there's a weird dynamic between the stepmother and daughter and stepdaughter where they don't get along, but you can also see that like clearly like the father and son don't get along. Yeah. Or they they're there not. There's a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. And Tate Tate's probably what, like eight to ten? Yeah, something like something that. Like, yeah. So he's one of those characters you're like, oh hopefully nothing bad happens to him, but as the movie develops, you don't really see much of him. He plays a killer game of hide and go seek. Yep. So <laughs> Yeah, he does. All right, so now we're kind of off into the movie. I think we kind of developed some of the characters. The dad's kind of disconnected. He's focused on work. He he, he always has a drink in his hand too. Yeah, you know he's pretty pretty much an alcoholic in this. Yeah, like I'm sure those stocks look very blurry after a couple a couple hours. Got there. a teenager that hates everything, the world, and her stepmom. Uh, the mom that's privileged. 
You yep. kind of said that. And then the Tate, who's just kind of this likable character that's barely in the movie, but uh, in the end comes out uh, comes out on top. So we'll, we'll we'll get into that later. So we just got through the opening scene. And, well, let's not bury the lead. So right before dinner, that dinner ended, before Thanksgiving, they somehow had a wishbone? Yes. So right. it, you get a little bit of like a Freaky Friday type element in here where, yeah, yeah, as part of the wishbone, they're like talking about the history of the wishbone and blah, blah, blah. So they decide to break it, and it's Cody and uh, Tate. Tate. And... So, like, whoever gets the bigger end of the wishbone, their wish comes true. And so, as they're breaking it, it does kind of a slow-mo drop. And she says, I hope this whole thing backfires. backfires. And, again, we're, we're off. So, it gets, gets right into the movie. So, let's get right into the next segment, which is the drop. The drop. So, when shit gets real, and I think I kind of already kind of said it in the notes about 47-minute mark. The parent, the pilgrims are now at the house, right? And it started off with two, Ethan and Patience, yes. and then more pilgrims showed up as Thanksgiving got closer. The mom and dad come out into the hallway, and they're very concerned, and they need to find their kids. They need to go to the store to go get something. Ethan and Patience catch them in the hallway, and say, "Everything's fine. Kids are fine. Don't worry about it." The parents start to freak out a little bit. And then like three or four more pilgrims fill into that hallway. And then Ethan just with his growl <laughs> or just his snarl was just like, it's just Thanksgiving. And then it just goes black. And I'm like, oh shit. Like the pilgrims are literally infiltrating this house. This family is fucked. Yeah, I'm actually going to go a little bit before that. Um, so I think that's like the drop probably for the Ethan side because wh what happens is the reason that... Um, so what we what we find out after the pilgrims arrive is that Ethan, the sort of like main pilgrim, is going to be staying with the family for multiple days. And they're all like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're staying with us for multiple days? Oh, the only one who gives a shit is Cody. <laughs> yeah, Cody. and like, The wet blanket. Like, Go up and, and make the bed, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then also Cody's boyfriend in this... Um, Finn? Finn. I guess they also hired a pilgrim to go stay with that family and help make dinner and stuff. You don't you don't really know why. Maybe there's like a no dad in the picture. No and dad. It, it, what I'm trying to figure out is that she is on a wagon and she hasn't smoked a cigarette in two weeks and she hasn't had a panic attack in like a few days. So th this, this woman that Patience is going to go take care of for Thanksgiving, which is a very nice gift from Hannah, from Anna, um, her her life is just in array. Like yeah. she 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 she's a a mess. So she could use the help. And there was a moment during a party that when they were inter you know, telling the mother, what's her name, of Catherine. the neighbor, Catherine, yep. that hey she's gonna help you with the dinner. Everything's gonna be great. Take care of your house, and maybe you can take a shower. Like. What is this woman doing in this yeah, town? Like, like, not even shower. She's so she screwed up, she can't even shower. <laughs> yeah. So, what a, a great gift, but it, it kind of backfires, right? Yep. So, uh, let's get into your, yeah, the drop. So, 
at the 37 minute mark, um, it, there cuts to a scene where, um, patience, the pilgrim has, um, like a mortar and pestle and is making jam out of some berries. That's a great, what was that called? Would you, a mortar and pestle. Did you just look that up or something? How the hell do you know what that is? You churn butter or something? Yeah. I churn every now and then. Okay. Um, no, I, I used to have a mortar and pestle. I guess now, I, now I feel like a freaking schmuck here. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of schmuck, um, I would I I wrote on my notes that um, she's the smuckers lady is what I call oh, her yeah. in here because um, she's making this jam, but she's grinding it so ferociously that her hands start bleeding. Oh yeah, and you're like, whoa, this she's she's a little fucked up. Yeah, and as like, a viewer, you're like, oh my god, is uh, like her blood's coming from her hands. There's Whatever this substance is, is it blood coming out of this? Yeah, she grinded up a kidney. Who knows in yeah. there? But then um, Finn walks in on her doing this and kind of like panics a little bit and runs out of the room and trips over his dead mother. Yes. And so uh, that's a scene for me where I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, These people are not good. Yeah. These are bad people. Um, yeah, it got me a little bit. It was like kind of a frightening scene. And I like that they didn't they didn't allow Finn to get away, you know? Yeah. Like the thing is like you kind of think like Finn's going to get away, he's going to meet up with Cody and they're going to have this like, you know, lovey-dovey escape sequence and fighting back on the pilgrims kind of thing, but no, they kill him right away. They kill that motherfucker. Yes. <laughs> so good. They, they don't make it past like you said, the 40 minute mark. They're they're gone. Um and then uh which well, I guess parlays right into favorite death scene. So those two deaths don't make it on my list. Nope. Um I think I'm going to go with patience uh, because at the time that she gets killed, Anna just turns into this ferocious fighting machine and just beats the hell out of her and uses her husband's capitated head to beat her senseless and then just throw a knife right through her gullet and boom, she's gone right on the dinner table. Uh, yeah. So to me, I was just like very fitting, and just woman on woman ass kicking. Yeah, really. There, there are some really great cool fight sequences. Yeah, just, they were just going at it like Kill Bill styles type stuff. For a movie that like started really slow, I felt like they they there was a really good hefty piece of middle in there, and then it kind of calmed down again. So why is it that bit. the two women in this very attractive women, by the way, just beating each other senseless? It's it's funny where. Ethan doesn't do anything. The builder doesn't do anything. Shane doesn't do anything. All the males in this are just kind of like very stan- makes the women do everything. Really does. Yeah. Like, Ethan no. doesn't do anything. Fucking Ethan, you know. He kills a bird. Like yeah, he he, he fucking Edgar Allan Poe's the fucking you know. Is that your dead favorite crow. death scene? The crow. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> He he stomps it with his freaking you know cobbler made shoes. Yes. <laughs> um, so what do you got for favorite death? So I think I like this whole sequence of the scene. The death is sort of off screen, but um, when <clears throat> Cody sees that her parents are both trapped in these stocks, yep. She frees them in an attempt to get away. It's no Tate at that point. No, Tate is there at that point. Really? I think Tate helps with them in the killing and then disappears. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's everyone. <laughs> but anyway, there's a scene where, so Cody gets them out of the stocks and then this fucking huge 
um, big big ass builder. Uh, he kind of reminded me of John Popper a little bit. Yeah, his name's the builder. Yeah. <laughs> the builder. Um, and he he starts kind of fucking with them a little bit, and then they're all, you know, Shane hits him with this giant rock, and he falls down or whatever, and they all look at each other like, we need to find more weapons. And so it kind of does this weird, almost like a, a Wes Anderson style thing where like, we'll just show a quick sequence of them, one of them holding a weapon in their hand and then like flashes to the next scene. And it's like, interesting, they're gathering all these weapons and they all just start going ham on them. Yeah. And you don't see, it's, you, again, it's off screen and they're, they're beating the shit out of them. And then all of a sudden they stop and the dad looks at everyone and says, let me, let me read it for, for word for word if I can. Did we all just murder as a family? <laughs> and it's kind of this like it's the first like super com- cheese but super necessary. <laughs> it's the first comedic break in the film yeah. where it gets kind of campy like Evil Dead style where there's now there's some like f- some dialogue in there yeah. and to do with the murder and it's like to me it's like that's where it got my it gained my interest the rest of the movie like it took me so long to really get it because I didn't relate with any of the characters like yeah. Cody to me was unrelatable because she was too much of an asshole the whole time. She sucked. Yeah. Right. She was just, she was angry at the world and it showed. I think most of the time in a, in a horror film, when you have a final girl, like they're, they're quippy. They've got a little bit of sass to them. They've got some edge to them, but they're, they're at their core, really good people who want to like protect their friends or family. You don't find that with Cody. Like, Ultimately, she does want to protect her family, but she's such an asshole that you just don't, you can't, I don't know, like, I can't find a time where I'm like, I'm rooting for her, you know? She's an asshole to everybody except Tate. Right. And I think Tate is kind of the reason why she stuck around, stayed in the house, went back to the house. Because if it wasn't for Tate, I think she would have, after seeing Finn, bolted. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't like her father for whatever reason. I don't know why she doesn't like... Let's stop right there. The father, played by Kerr Smith, (laughs) right? Yep. Who is Jack McPhee from Dawson's Creek. You are so excited to say that. (laughs) I'm so excited. So for all you people that are my age or older, we got a Dawson's Creek reference in a horror movie, (laughs) and it's Jack McPhee, who's kind of what? He's the asshole or started off as the asshole... He's more just like the negligent parent. No, no. I just meant in Dawson's Creek. Oh, in Creek. Dawson's Creek. Oh, I fucking hated him. Yeah. I barely watched Dawson's Creek. But when I saw him, I couldn't stand his fucking face. Well, then you saw him in this movie, and there you go. And I just thought, where do I know this guy from? And I had to look him up, because I'm like, he had one of those faces where I'm like, I know he's been in several things, but where do I really know him from? And I was like, oh, Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and he was in some other horror movie, wasn't he? Um, yeah. In like, in like the 90s? Oh, I think like maybe disturbing behavior or one of those. Hold on. One, yeah, one of those popular type. Uh, Final destination. Yes, that was it. Okay, the first one. Yep. Yeah. Yes, which we we will do eventually because that's one of my favorite genres of horror movies. Yeah, it's really cool. He was also in the 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 remake My Bloody Valentine 3D for another horror. So he's he's got a little bit of uh of horror um. Uh, yeah, so when you go from Dawson's Creek, you go to horror movies, I guess. Yep. If you don't become too famous. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, yeah, but like you, like you were mentioning before I interrupted you, he was, his character was kind of unlikable. Yeah, like as he, a dad. He, he just, wasn't a, like a loving dad who was just too busy. He would just seem like an asshole who didn't care. He didn't really connect with his family. 
until that scene where he's like, wait, we're a family. Yeah. You know, and you're like, again, that's where you first start to get, like, you kind of root for him at that point, but then it quickly goes back to, like, a slow sequence again, where the family splits up, they capture them again, Shane ends up getting killed and decapitated, as we find out, because, you know, his head's on the table. Yep. Um, Tate is playing hide-and-seek. Still And then you've got uh, Cody and Anna are both being uh, held by the pilgrims. They're dunking uh, Cody into this pool. Um and making making her say that she's thankful. It, again, it gets a it gets a little slow again, and yeah. you're kind of thinking of like, well, who's going to rescue them? Yeah, right? like there's always that scene where you're like waiting for the next character to jump in and well, rescue there's, them. There's multiple times where they get away and then they get caught. There's a lot of cat and mouse, right? Yeah. So, and I think what we should we'll we'll cap off with instead of like we normally do like you know what would you do or alternate endings which we're not doing those segments anymore <laughs> we should talk about the part pieces and give a little bit of a of a quick um overview of maybe the closing scene cuz yep. i think it's it's pretty it's a pretty good scene we don't want to give away too much cuz i think it's worth to watch the film yes. for the ending scene all right so well that was dumb so i'm just going to you want to go rapid fire how many you got um i got like four or, yeah, I think I do too. All right, so, and you might already have this one, but uh, I'm coming right out of the shoot. Inviting a reenactment of pilgrims into your home on Thanksgiving. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> um, naming a kid Tate. <laughs> little Man Tate, you ever watch that movie? Of course it's in Little Man Tate, but it's like <laughs> the worst, I'm sorry, like it's the worst name. If you name your kid Tate, I, I'm sorry for you, but... And I apologize for offending anybody, but Tate, it's too close to Taint. I, I just feel like. Oh, yeah. All right. You're, you're going there. Yep. Uh, so, like I mentioned before, Cody leaves the house to go visit Finn, finds out that he's dead, comes back to her house, and as she's walking to the house, there are like 10 or 12 pilgrims just walking around in the house, and she goes back in. I'm like, well, that's dumb. Look at all those pilgrims. Finn's dead. Go to the police. Right. <laughs> Use your cell phone. <laughs> Do something. Uh, um, pilgrims and leprechauns using the same stylist. <laughs> and shoes, right? Like shoes and hats. I feel like they have like a very similar style. So huh. just think, um, I don't know, every time they showed like clips, I'm like, that doesn't look like a leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. But I never thought about that. Yeah, too close on the stylist there. Yeah, that must have been a style, right? Leprechauns and pilgrims. What's the difference? Nothing, as far as I know. The color? One <laughs> wears all green and the other one wears brown? I guess they have wear a similar hat with the buckle. I mean, the buckles? Buckle yeah. Hat, yeah. yeah, you're right. 100%. Uh, don't eat poisonous cherries. Green stems. Stay and, away. And, you, and you, will, you will know why in this movie. Um. The fact that the key to the stocks was readily available for Cody to unlock them. Like, pilgrims, can someone hold the fucking key in their pocket? You lock these people up and you leave the key out there? Come yeah, on. For anyone to... That's to, dumb. That is dumb. I wonder why they got away and then they killed the builder. Yeah, right. Yeah, maybe they didn't like the builder. And they're like, uh, you know what? Kill that guy. We don't like him. He stinks. <laughs> yeah. Takes up too much room in our wagon. Uh, number four on my list... The vic- the early victory dance, the uh, the whole Austin Powers or James Bond villain 
kind of celebrating a win before you actually won situation. So yep. when the Pilgrims were at the dinner table, they are just having a time of their fucking lives. All is good, eating cherries, eating berries, and cannibalization. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> they are eating Shane. Uh, and they're, they're just having, let's do a toast. Let's let's see how victorious we are. Well, a little too early. Ethan, you better chill out. Um, that's all I got. All right. I also have, uh, don't fight in front of your kids. Yeah. Cody became screwed up and it's evident in this movie and don't break the wishbone. Let's let's stop that tradition, because that wishbone is the uh, I, I did a uh, Citizen Kane reference. It's the uh, the rosebud of this movie. Yeah, it it is literally the catalyst of why you broke it. You made a wish. Pilgrims came, killed your family, or tried to. Oh, actually, I, I do have one other one. Um, the fact that they told Cody they needed her phone back that she wasn't allowed to have her phone. Um, like, again, we talked about this before and you're going to mention it soon, but like, I just feel like, say no, like I, I get the vibe that Cody is old enough to make that decision for herself. But, um, the fact that they're like, we need your phone and laptop, um, because of a grade in a class, right? It it just was really bizarre to me. Like, fuck you. All right, let's get it into hot takes because I think we're stepping in on that. Uh, my first hot take is when you're watching this movie, how old is Cody? I think she's like high school. I was getting vibe of college. Because Finn does not look like he's in college. Finn looks like no. a boy. But Cody looks like she's 30. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because, oh, an older actor playing a younger. I'm not the Jason Priestley of 90210. No, what I'm just saying is <laughs> her character seems like she's 30. Dominant, confident. She is beautiful, too, I will say, even though she's an asshole. Yeah. She's, she, she, she is a looker. <laughs> uh, my other hot take is, kind of mention it again, where the hell are the cell phones? 2019 high school, college girl. Wasn't on her phone once. She took, there was one exchange of text messages between her and Finn for like a second. And I'm like, not in 2019. This girl is not even listening to her parents at the dinner table. Doesn't give two Fs about the wishbone because she's looking on Instagram and trying to get her fit right. That's what's happening in 2019. So I just don't get, where are the phones, man? Where are the cell phones at in this movie? I'm kind of curious, how did they cut Shane's head off? <laughs> what do you think they used for a tool? Like, what were the pilgrim tools? Did they use an axe? Did they have axes? They did. Well, that's how uh, Ethan got his. It was an axe. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Let's, he used axe but axe's it, head off. The way it was cut, man, it was, it was not, they had knives. It was a, they, they had a lot of knives in this movie, so. Yeah, there were a lot they of knives in this movie. They probably just chopped chopped it with a knife or something, like a dinner. dinner. The other object is, where was everybody else in the fucking town all this was happening? They lived in like the smallest suburb neighborhood that I've like. Their houses were all close together, and it, they had HOAs. They had an HOA yeah, she's party, a, and she's a busybody. No one goes H- to check. No, in. no, no. HOA. Let's get this straight. Right. So that means there's security, night watch, and one family's already murdered. You know the the mom and the and Finn. Yep. Down the street, 
and now this. So it's like nobody's noticing this. And all those other pilgrims that joined? Well, maybe on Thanksgiving, I don't know. Do you have any idea what the hell's going on outside your house or the house you're in? I think in this neighborhood you do. Yeah. I think they're all a lot of busybodies. A lot of snooper, snooping around. They're the, all, the whole town goes there for like a brunch party. Yeah, the HOA party, whatever. Yeah. And so like you don't think they'd all stop by like, hey, we just wanted to see the pilgrims. Hi. You know, like uh, I just feel like it'd be that Oh my type God, of you're getting murdered. I'm out of yeah. here. <laughs> that builder's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. what, any other hot takes? Nope. All right, cool. Uh, let's we go right into the awards. Awards, yeah. All right, first of all, let's start off with, what do you want, Sue? The Sue Award? They, they ain't never going to be right? Yeah. Um, or do you want to end with that one? No, I think we could start with that one. All right, let's start with that one. Who do you got? Um, I, I kind of had a tie, but I feel like it's like there's not a lot of characters to give all these awards to, but um, I think probably Tate and Anna. Tate. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tate, the boy. Yep. He's the youngest... He sees shit that he should his not see. His father's dead. E- Ethan, his surrogate he, father, is dead. <laughs> there's a moment where he like runs. You know, he he sees his mom murder patients, or no, no, he's coming into the room to untie them, and he sees his dad Shane head on the table, chest on uh, like the bird yep. opened up. And he just throws up. <laughs> a lot of throwing up in this movie. There is a lot of throwing yeah. up in this movie. So, yeah, the Sue Award, they ain't never going to be right. That's Tate. The Franklin Award, who do you got? I got Cody. Yeah, it's Cody. <laughs> Even though she survives, she doesn't get killed. You don't want her to die, but you are annoyed by her the whole movie. Yeah, because everything that any, anything that comes up, she is against it. Yes. Like, we want to have pancakes for breakfast. Well, I like waffles. Yeah. I hate pancake. You're like, fuck you. Yeah, like, what a, the hell, man? Eat a pancake and shut up. Uh, the Charlie Award. So this is from the, what, negligent parent or the parent that just... Oh, Uncle Charles? Uncle like, Charles, yeah, sorry. Um, I don't know if he's really negligent. So Uncle Charles, just I think... puts them into situations... Yeah, just like um, tries to protect them with too much love and ends up getting them in more trouble. And I think that's Shane. I'm going to give it to Shane. Yep. Because he does become the lovable one, but he, le- he yeah he just he let he never steps in and says like you know what Anna I don't know if this is a good idea like Cody I think he off tried to when they were gonna go leave the house yeah true. that's kind of his mission to get him out and that and that that kind of backfired and now uh, the Mean Girls which is the Judy Award I'm giving it to the neighborhood wives of the HOA party making fun of Anna agreed yeah just because she they just think she's like too privileged and proper and they make fun of her yeah they're like um how about instead of trying to connect their family with pilgrims she tries to get along with her stepdaughter you know yeah it was sort of like they were being mean and kissing her ass in front of her so yeah yeah there's a whole scene about it happening cody's in the kitchen cleaning up a mess and two parents are talking yeah we had the same discussion about the uh when the saska sisters in rabid are in the bathroom stall and coke and they're like oh scarface you know yeah uh, the Tommy Jarvis Award goes to Anna, Anna for inviting pilgrims into your home and getting your husband killed. But could we also say that the fact that the wishbone break came true, that to some degree, could Cody be the Jarvis? Because... If you talk, if you think about why we why we have the Jarvis Award, uh-huh, uh-huh. there was this supernatural going. power 
from the you know lightning bolt in the chest so like this supernatural wishbone that caused this to fail so badly kind of feels like it might could be a cody <laughs> you were not you were not wrong on that, <laughs> that I, I think we got we got a tie there uh all right so that brings us to the soundtrack i think first off i'm rating it a seven yeah. Uh, and the reason why I'm giving it a seven, you'll get more in, in depth in this, I'm sure. Um, but some of the music, some of the just background am, ambient noises, uh, the themes, the score, very uh, played very well with some of the scenes and building that suspense. So um, also, though, including actual music, lyrics, more up to date. It's 2019. It really, you could tell that this was a newer movie with newer music. It wasn't this old time stuff. Not as good as a theme song that we love and respect in most of the other thrillers and uh, types of, you know, Halloween yeah, or, yeah. or, you know, those, those types. It's uh, not memorable because it's yeah. not doesn't really have its own thing where you're like humming it later but i think it do, you're you're right to your point it's it's fair it's good that's but about it, it. But it, it it's a it, seven it builds like it goes from like kind of old-timey music and then it gets a little bit more like there's like a a choral element to it and it becomes bigger and more more of like you know an anthem it builds and then, suspense and and thriller. It's thrilling. It, it it does do its job. And there's good like lyrical content and music around some of the key scenes, like the yes. dinner scene and stuff. So like, it you got it, the thing is like it's really hard to get a lot of information unless you go back and watch it and like remember what the songs were. We thought like this is going to be one where oh you can just find the soundtrack and like we can go. No. no, there's not a lot of information about this. But I will say that what I find very funny is um, the composer for the music in this. His name is Douglas Pipes. So, great name for a composer. Yeah, right? I don't know if that's his real name, but if your name's Douglas Pipes, you better be a composer. But, has a pretty good resume because did um, compositions for Krampus, nice. um, Monster House, uh, The Babysitter, Trick or Treat, so another, um, nice. uh, you know, some other horror films under his belt. So, like, pretty cool there. Like, it seems it? like he's got Krampus, a Krampus, 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 what? It, that's a good one. Have you seen that one? Yeah. That's a good Christmas horror movie. A lot, lot of stuff happens in that one. Maybe we can debate that one. That is a good one. We'll I'm do a, an episode where we do five movies at the same time. Ooh. We'll just do like horror Christmas. And we'll just, just... Talk, talk about all the ones we've seen. <laughs> we'll each pick three movies and see if any of them overlap. <laughs> yeah. They're like the presents that don't, you know, that never end. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think it's like somewhere between a, a six and a seven it's got some good elements to it. It's, you know, it, it it does it does really help build suspense in the film, and it's up to date. It it is a two thousand. You could tell that it is a two thousand nineteen with some of the music choices. Yeah, um, I do. Uh, one kind of interesting thing too is uh, a lot of the dialogue in the film. So this is going away a little bit from the music, but dialogue in the film, they use a lot of like old timey words that I'm like, I need to look that up and figure it out. But one funny thing was at one point, um, Nellie says, you and your, ch or no, Nellie, that's part of the joke. Uh, Ethan says, uh, you and your churlish behavior. And I kind of thought, and so like, is that Nellie's way of saying childish behavior? <laughs> your churlish behavior. 
Um, so anyway. Oh yeah, there was a you know well, he, at one point Ethan says what Thanksgiving means to him. It's coming together, understanding, and being grateful, right? Yeah. And at some point at the end when they are Anna Cody are pretty much killing Ethan. Anna says, "This is for my husband and my children and my house." That was her third item. <laughs> Well, I I know why she said house, because all these motherfuckers threw up in there. Yes. <laughs> She's like the fucking the Roomba is gonna go nuts on Monday. Oh like, yeah, this is gonna be intense. Yeah, and this eight this family doesn't have a pet. Yeah, also a little weird. Come on, no Probably cell phones, no pets. What what? <laughs> where are we? What what planet is this on? <laughs> so overall, I I, I did a. Uh, I do recommend this movie. I I, I, I picked this one because I, I I just was talking about uh, what's free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just said, oh, Hulu's got this uh, Pilgrim. It was actually it wasn't wasn't terrible. I rewatched it. I watched it actually twice before the show just to make sure I got it all. And uh, it's okay. Like I, I I I enjoyed it. I recommend it. That's that's why we're talking about it. Yeah, th- there's a good there's a good chunk in the middle where you kind of you get the genre and you, it it makes you smile a little bit because I feel like it does have some some slowness to it. But I feel like there's this great peak in the middle, quiets down a little bit, and then you get a great ending scene. So I think that there's a the, lot of messages in this. movie Yeah, it's as a well. bit a bit of a roller coaster, and I would say to some degree, like the the plot's a bit of a mess. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that they like start trying to uncover and then they don't fully uncover and things they never uncover that kind of throw you into a little bit. You have like a lot more questions and answers in, to some degree. Like, why did they talk about that for ten minutes and then not have a conclusion to it? Or yeah, whatever. and that's so. what we didn't give anything away. We didn't give about you know we don't we won't now. Just how they get away, how this all happens, what happens at this dinner table. It's a very elaborate. I mentioned it to you in the show notes. I think the dinner scene lasted about, I don't know, 25 minutes. Could have been 10. <laughs> you know, like uh, a lot of cat and mouse getting away, getting caught. Not a lot of deaths. There's cannibalism. Lots of throw up. Happy Thanksgiving. Agreed. Happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you as listeners. Yes. Uh, Everyone enjoy your turkey day. Don't invite pilgrims into your house. But you can invite me. I'll eat your turkey as long as it's not dry. And you you can buy a can of cranberry. You don't need to get the mortar and pestle out and pick berries outside. Ooh, say that again. <laughs> mortar and pestle? Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> churning butter <laughs> or churning whatever. Uh, anyway, that is our show. We are almost at the 45-minute mark. Pretty so good. nice short show for you guys to listen to on Thanksgiving. Enjoy and peace out. Good night.